perfume, sex, lies, a random killing, not so random. This is American Crime Story, assassination of Gianni Versace. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Starting off with a little country today. Go, yes. <laughs> this is a random song, but we just. Why did we decide this? Because the truck. It's all about the truck. The truck and the cheating, right? And the cheating. Yes. Very yes. important. All of it. The cheating that led to all of this. Damn, what a crazy, crazy episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Juliet. You can find me on Instagram at Bonjour Juliet. Hey, After Buzzers, I'm Russell Ray. You can find me across the internet at Russell Ray Silva or RussellRaySilva.com. Yeah, only and two of us tonight. And we also, of course, have yes. a lovely Jeff in the booth. That DJ disembodied Jeff. voice you're hearing is Jeff. <laughs> I will ch- chime in every once in a while. I'll, you two take the reins, but if I have thoughts, you know I'll share my of thoughts. Of course, and we want you to share your thoughts. Oh, and people you. in the chat, please share your thoughts as well. Uh, and if you're listening on demand, go rate and subscribe to After Buzz. Like us, tweet about us. Five stars. Five stars. Or six. I mean, they don't have six, but we know you You want to. You can request six. Let's just request it. I like (laughs) it. All right, should we dive in? Yes, let's do it. Oh, my God. So much to cover. Um, So I have to say I was really happy with the structure of this episode. Mm -hmm. As we've seen... um, over like the last few episodes, they're, obviously they're telling the story kind of backwards, mm-hmm. and we go back and forth in different episodes. I thought it was really cool that we had some kind of chronological, chronological. I can't chronological. Tell. Chronological. chronological. I'm people. French people. Sometimes certain <laughs> words don't really. How do you say it in French, Julia? Uh, chronologique. There you go. There, there you go. go. That sounds better anyway. <laughs> it's more beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I really like how they told this story of this murder. What do you think? You know. American Crime Story, there's so much to cover and there's so many little episodes. Right. Or there's so many little... You know what? We're just going to strike that reverse yeah. it. There's a little amount of time to tell what they have to tell in these episodes because they their TV time, the series number, everything. So I just want more. And we did find out a lot during this episode. Mm-hmm. It starts right in with uh, Marilyn Miglin mm-hmm. at HSN. Right. And then she comes home. And she cannot find Lee. She can't. And it was crazy. As soon as she walks in, she just knew. He didn't pick her up. And then he. she walked in and there's ice cream just kind of hanging melted, around. Yes. Melted ice cream. That's when she knew. She was like, my husband wouldn't leave melted ice cream. Well, you know what's funny is when... <laughs> When you leave ice cream out, it doesn't just melt. It gets foamy. Right. Have you ever left it out? Um, I'm sure I have, yeah. I think it starts to get foamy because the milk. The milk starts to almost like almost like shaving cream. Yeah, disintegrate. So mm-hmm. I noticed that point when she came home and the ice cream was sitting on the counter. I was like, okay, it's going like on day two or three now. Right. Because right. when he's the nephews, we throw like ice cream in the Right. Well, it has been it. going through several days. So this... Uh, Obviously, this episode kind of went through the whole murder. And as we come to discover, after uh, Andrew has killed him, he stays. So it has been several days, as you're saying. Yes. He's, he's apparently showered. He's been kicking it since she's been gone. So, yeah, we just discover so We're just peeling the onion more and more with this character. Yes, totally peeling it back. And... I mean, let's go into, let's go into Lee Miglin. How did you feel about this relationship? Which one? Her and the husband? Uh, the the Miglin and Miglin and Cunanan. I Cunanan Cunanan. 
Kunanen. 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 Potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Um, was very creepy because they, f- well, they first kind of, I feel like, alluded to the fact that maybe there was something more and we, you know, maybe this was a relationship and like a passionate one at least. And no, it, it was an escort and it was a paid service. But, you know, I think it's been going on for quite some time. As soon as he walks in, he's sharing his dreams, right? And he's like, yeah. his projects. That's not something you, someone you, something you do with someone you don't really care about. What do you think? I feel like Marilyn knew what was going on because if you remember before it cut to black, before right. the titles came up, she said, I knew it. Right. So that kind of triggered a thought in my mind. First of all, I don't like when things like this happen. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my belief is no matter what you are and no matter your sexuality, gender, anything, you should not step outside of your marriage because this is when things happen. This is how, you know, there's... There's STI infections, STD infections, like all these different things that can happen because you were disloyal and dishonest with yourself. And so I wanted to address that right off the bat. I did not like that he was having any kind of contact with anybody outside, just let alone outside his marriage, you know, and for it being a man, Mm -hmm. in addition to where times where HIV was so misunderstood. Right. And it's being passed on mm-hmm. without knowledge of the actual virus itself. Right. But I think to that point, and it's something they're alluding in other episodes, I feel like this story is also telling the story of a lot of oppression, right? And a mm-hmm. lot of shame. Yeah. You know, he makes the phone call to have him come over. And as soon as he does that, he's going down to his like little chapel. He's praying and he's saying, I tried. I'm really, really trying. I've seen that for the um, for the vigil room. Right. Yes. So, you know, it's like the point you could make is, yeah, they it's never good to cheat. But it kind of seemed, at least for his vision, he felt like he didn't have much of a choice. Right. If I could chime in, Roz, it's interesting. Yeah. You mentioned um, you felt like by cheating he was being disloyal to himself. But mm-hmm. you could argue that whenever he married his wife, he was being disloyal to himself. Ooh. You know? Yeah. Even oh, though, I mean, obviously at that time he wouldn't have known or it wasn't okay to be out. But it's like the disloyalty happened 38 right. years ago. Because maybe he didn't even know or he didn't even allow himself to exactly. know. Exactly. That's what yeah. it is. Right. Right. So I, th- I think that's really interesting that this theme, I think, is kind of I going on. I think my mindset comes down to just the fact of endangering someone else's health. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's what it, that's, and it, it really bugs me because I like, what do you, what do you do in, how do you address a situation like this, first of all? Mm-hmm. And in this in this time, do you really go out on a, and I I don't want to call it a selfish move because it's not. You're just really wanting to become one with yourself. Right. But at the same time, you know, if you're having unprotected sex or if you're hiring an escort, this person has been with multiple people. That's really dangerous for your spouse. It is. But again, like, I think there's just, they don't, it, at least for this character and that time period, it feels like there's, 
in his mindset, there's no other option. If that yeah. makes any sense. When they're at that um, celebration and she introduces him, right? He's a mm-hmm. man of so many accomplishments. So many people looked up to him. So he has a big reputation that he real feels estate real estate mogul, yeah. and he feels that he might, you know, tarnish that if mm-hmm. he comes out. Or even the idea of com- coming out doesn't seem even fathomable because he's living this lie. Yeah. Think of how much get I, I go back to him going and praying and saying to God, I really, really tried. Yeah. It's something he's so deeply trying to repress right Mm -hmm. and his wife's saying he embodies the american dream and there's this huge facade Mm -hmm. and so and also this marriage right it's not like you you see love there he goes to after he makes that call he goes to bed and they're holding hands in bed they're sleeping in the same bed and they're holding hands that has to mean something yeah it's so interesting because what the show's becoming in the same way that oj became about race Right. It seems like the thesis statement of this show is like homophobia only leads to violence. Like it only leads to right. tragedy. That's and a good you, point. If That's you think about point. all the tragedy, <clears throat> excuse me, that's spinning out of control because of homophobia, it can all be traced back to that, which is so fascinating, mm-hmm. I think. Damn. But um, what, so what were you thinking? Were you? Well, Leo, it's there. So they embrace and the viewers have seen this. They embrace, or if you haven't seen it because you're on West Coast time, you definitely need to get the East Coast time. <laughs> <laughs> but they embrace when he walks into the door, when uh, Kunana walks into the door, right. and he hugs him. And obviously, you, this is a secretive relationship. And mm-hmm. just by the way he took the phone call when he called him and told him that he's going to be coincidentally in town while his while Miglin's wife happens to be out on business. Right. And and also she told him, she said, just come with me. Yeah. And as soon as you hear that line, you're like, oh, he's not going to. But that would have changed everything in the yes. course of so much. The always if, the big if. Do you think, because we only know, we only we only really know so much. Right. Based on what actually happened. Right. If that was actually said, how do you think she feels about that statement until this day? Do you think it still haunts her until this day that she asked him to come with her? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, maybe, but I think considering the brutality of this murder, and we'll get into like the gruesome, gruesome details, I'm sure that there must be a lot more that haunts her. Yeah. Right? Um, I think if you go down the rabbit hole of if, yeah, it's just, it's terrible. And I think this character, that with, at least what they portrayed on the show, is that she was, she showed a lot of strength in the sense where she wanted to keep moving forward she and get back woman. to work. Very similar to um, Donatella. Donatella, yeah. Yes. And uh, speaking of Donatella, mm-hmm. I had pulled up some news on this, and her only request about the series. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, thank you, Jeff and the Booth. Her only request for the series was to not exploit her children nor dig into them as characters. And her son actually strays away from the limelight. Okay. And he, he kind of strays away from the limelight. He is in a rock band, but it's not very prominent or anything like right. that whatsoever. It's, it's in London, and he's just very London based. And. Um, Allegra Versace actually owns 50% of the Versace brand shares. So she's worth $900 million. But it was requested that her children stay out of the series because she does not want them exploited. Which is kind of like, it's going to intrigue interest to exploit them anyways. Right. Well, I think it's, I mean, the Versace name, even though if you don't necessarily have it as your last name per se, if you're part of that family, that's going to intrigue. Someone, you know, that's yeah. such an institution. And Donatella only owns 20%. Right. 
That's crazy. But she's the face, though. She, she yeah. she's the designer in chief. But she's been running kinda, the company forever. I kind of figured she would be the majority holder. Um, I don't know. But I think when it comes down to business, though, I think it's just like a money thing. I don't know because I I feel like there's still a lot of power to be had. If she's the when you think of Versace, you think of her. She is, you know. Yeah, she's definitely the face. Yeah, I mean, when people. Right, and, the, and when celebrities hang out with Versace, it's Donatella. Donatella it's exactly. not Allegra. <laughs> Allegra. Allegra actually do, does a lot of the. Um, she does a lot of um, Broadway costume designing and That's dressing, really neat. and Donatella is more involved in the limelight, social lights, and celebrities. Right, right. But, keeping those um, relationships intact and yes, stuff. Yes, yes, yes. Which she's always, which she's always done. Which we should highlight since, which was pointed out last episode since. Um, Johnny was alive. Right. So that's been her role ever since. And she, right, right. That role, which she does it really, really well. But going back to she that does. murder. Um, so as soon as he comes in, um, we kind of had you without it's without really knowing what was going to happen. Were you were you like, OK, this is we're done for it. No, I figured that I figured that they were going to go. I would, <laughs> this is probably like perversion of my mind. Anyways, I figured that they were just gonna—they were gonna walk in. They were gonna have sex. They might have like laid in the bed for a little while, right, right, right. Talked, fantasized a little bit. I thought the same thing. Yes. I was like, it was really, really quick into the murder. And so, as we mentioned, he—he he shows him the plans of the of his next big building. Oh, he sky wants, needle. Sky needle. He yes. wants to build, and you would think that there would be some sex or something, but no, no, no. Right? He kills him, and so I think it just dug deeper into. Andrew not, you know, just being maybe threatened or just any type of man has such big power. Just yeah. really, there's so much jealousy there, don't you think? He's, think that's what it is? He's just very, socio- he has very sociopathic ways. Mm-hmm. And I really just, I don't know how to take him because if you reflect on, if you, because any character that you see in the show, you can reflect yourself on it in some way, shape, or form, right? Right. So when... I reflect on Andrew Cunanan to myself. You think about the things that he does, like when he when Lee pulls out the plans for the Sky Needle, mm-hmm. and Cunanan pulls out the gun behind his head and he points it at him, and then he puts it away before he turns around. How many times has we have individuals been so mad at someone who were like either chewing us out or whatever, and they turn around and we're like. And then they turn back around and you're like very composed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I think about things like that and it's Russ, I'm so relieved that that's where you went with that. <laughs> when you were like, I see myself in Andrew, like when he pulled out the gun, I was like, <laughs> Where is <laughs> Russ? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I I get what you're saying though. And, yeah. and part of it's kind of disturbing though, because you're like, Ooh, he, he's is, a serial killer. <laughs> it is, but you, you really look at him and think, was he really that off right. from how we are as people? Because how many people would turn their back and someone gives them the middle finger and then they turn back around and it's a smiling face? Or how many people are a smile to your face and then try to, like, socially bash you indirectly on Instagram? You know what right, I mean? Right. It's not too far-fetched. No, no, no. So just seeing that situation, I think of Lee like, man, dude, you you got to be on your toes. And we as people have to be on our toes. Right. because. Simple things can happen like that at any given moment in time. Right. And right. the creators had to humanize him. Yeah. Because if he was just too villainous and vicious, right. this show would be kind of a drag, you know? So yeah. it, and if mm-hmm. we don't see the hints of humanity in Andrew, it's not a good watch. And I think that was a very human thing to do. Right. Is to, 
either show your type of frustration or annoyance when someone has their back turned, right. aka stabbing me in the back. Or shoot, and putting then, a bullet through my head. <laughs> and then turning around, and it's like, nothing ever happened. Right. So that was very freaky to me, because I thought about it like, wow, I've kind of like balled my fist up a couple times when someone got me really, really mad and they turned their back on me, like, not to hit them, but just like, oh, out of frustration, just to right. kind of get it out right. of me at the moment. Right. And they turn around, and it's like, all right, let me continue this conversation. Mm-hmm. But it was just very like, ooh, what has really happened behind our back that we don't know about? Very true. That was kind of freaky. Very true. I think I think of that too in previous episodes as well, where it's like, you don't really know who's next to you. Yeah. So. And he, well, we'll get into that later, <laughs> but he, later on at the cemetery, but that was just crazy. Yeah, that was. Um, so we, again, cruise the murder. Um, pulls out the tape, does the whole thing, and he really wants to make a point to humiliate him. It's all about obviously ending this guy's yeah. life, but it's reputation, right? It goes. He's like, I'm going. To, I've already killed two people. I'm going to kill you now, and I'm going to cover you in uh, porno magazines, gay por- pornos. What do you think about that? I cannot believe he told. Well, first of all, he breaks his nose, and then he tells him this. Right. So, what has to be going through your mind as a human laying there, knowing that you're going to die? Because in the news that I pulled on this. Um, Kunanen really went to like a mummification level right. of appearance when mm-hmm. he murdered Lee. And this was simply for a vehicle. All he needed was his vehicle. He, it, Lee? Yeah, all, all, all Kunanen needed was Lee's vehicle. That's it. That's it. From him. Right. And he stole several things like cash and coins. Right, and all right, things. right. But the, what he really needed was a vehicle to get from point A to point B. Right. But I think that I kind of, I don't know, I kind of disagree in the sense where he, there's that idea of wanting to destroy this reputation. Just like Versace, he, he envies him, right? So yeah. he must envy Lee. Um, I think it's a little, you know, I mean, maybe that was the point, but I feel like in the episode, at least that's what they showed. Mm-hmm. When we see the second murder in the episode uh, with the truck, that was, I feel like, one and done. He didn't really have care what he the guy had to say. Yeah. Um, he was pleading for his life, and he was like, nope, I'm going to put a bullet through your head and get this truck. Yeah, uh, it was more practical. More practical. Yes. There I, you go, Jeff. <laughs> I, yeah, it's so interesting to me, too, how he was really bent on shaming him. Right. Like, and it's also so interesting that it's even self-imposed homophobia. You know exactly. what I mean? Like That's it's, a good point, too. There's like an element of self-hatred almost that he wants to use homosexuality to destroy his reputation. It's right. very dark. It is very dark. And the line that he said when he was like, what are we doing? He was like, come, we're going to go make a mess. Indeed, a that, mess it was. I knew <laughs> something was coming when that happened. Actually, oh one, of our, one of our live viewers and live chatters, Ashley Summers, thought that when... Lee Miglin put on the perfume. He mm. was actually going to put on his wife's clothes and makeup. Right, I had a thought that sort too. Of cross dress. I didn't catch that. Well, like I seen it, but I didn't register like he was going to do anything like that. Yeah, but you I, did. I thought they were maybe alluding to it just because the way he put the perfume on. There's such grace to it and such like desire for it. So I was wondering if they're going to take that a step further, but. That's all it was. And it kind of also was a wing to the brand. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of this episode was about this perfume and this scent. I I immediately went to the thought of submissive. Okay. And that Andrew Cunanan was going to come in and he was going to be very submissive, which we ended up seeing. Right. But that he was going to be very submissive and that he was going to be very, like, he wanted the affection as a man would give to a woman from Cunanan. 
Right. He wanted, so you're saying, yeah, a little rough so he could feel kind of more delicate yes. in a way. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yes. he even said, um, you've never, Kunanin was like, you've never been kissed like this before. And he was like, no, and he's kind of flustered and he goes, um, it feels like I'm alive. That was so sweet, but just like really hurt. Because on so many levels, because like, you're making him feel so alive, you're about to take his life. It's definitely sad because that shows a high point, the highest point of his life and the lowest point of his life. Because obviously, the highest point of his life would be to have that relationship equivalent right. or better than what he had with his wife. Right. Because he would be fulfilling right. his ultimate internal desire of being with a man. Exactly. So he reached that peak right before. The brink of death. Exactly. It's very sad and kind of poetic in a way. Um, Going to back to that, because it's true that they, one thing they talked about is that they have a marriage, right? Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really interesting because regardless of, you know, marriage is so many different things. And, you know, they were best friends, him and his wife. And it just, it was really saddening because she was afraid, I think, definitely to have the reputation taken away. But more importantly, she wants to make it clear that that is her husband. No matter what has happened, that is her husband. Um, What do you think about their relationship? What I really liked about this woman is that she, some people would have been so turned off and And just annoyed at it and just bashed it completely. Like, I had no idea that this was going on. My Poor me, blah, blah, yes. blah, victim mode. But they still, and by they, I mean the Miglin family, still defends the fact that there was never a relationship and it was false right. that was brought up about Andrew Cunanan and the patriarch of the family. Yes, yeah. of Lee. And so I thought it was very classy of her just to stand her ground. This is my man, and he is who he is. Right. Take it or leave it as what you want. I was with him 38 years, and you're not going to change what we had right. kind of thing. Which I, I, I find that an admirable trait, because if he's really dealing with this internal struggle of homosexuality, and she somewhat, I feel, might have known about it, right? then she accepted him for who he is. And I think that's probably a big honor, even in his afterlife, that he was accepted as he was. Right. Even it was a very it. it was a very surprising way for the show to go in a really interesting yeah. kind of subtle one. Um, yeah, it just made me think um, if if what I said at the beginning about how it seems like the thesis statement of this show is kind of homophobia begets violence and tragedy mm-hmm. for her to kind of stand by him is almost an antidote or like the opposite of what the show of the destruction we've seen. It's like if she would have really kind of engaged in the fear and homophobia that we've seen the results could have been a lot less i just thought it was a really it's a contrast to the way other people have reacted to homosexuality mm-hmm. on the show. right have you guys seen three billboards out of I mean, not yet? yet but i know mm-hmm. i've been told i had to must see it's good just for those who have seen it i saw a little some parallels here where in that movie the anger of the characters only leads to more anger whereas right. sort of taking a step back and looking at the big picture can can lead to peace and reconciliation right and Judith Light, I just have to say, huge fan of this actress. So <laughs> great to see her killing it as Lee's wife. Really great. Oh, good. Yeah, she did such a great job. And another point also is that when she's meeting with the um, different, yeah, different, de- different detectives, yeah. um, she makes it a point where she doesn't want to know the ifs, the, the whys of why this person d- d- did it. She just wants him to get caught. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't want anyone to question her relationship with him and his reputation. So I thought that was also a good kind of angle into the power of media, 
right? So it's a theme that comes back a lot. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, it's just how much reputation and how much media can really help Affecting. shape someone, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what were your thoughts um, on how they talked about that tonight? How I thought it was it was a very bold and strong move of her to be able to confront it head on. This right. lady is just she is a strong woman. Marilyn she means business. Is a strong woman because she said they want me, they want me to break pretty much, right? And she wasn't going to no. Which I found like wow. This is this is why people have empires because yeah. nothing's going to break them exactly. And you you're standing in your truth. You're standing with who you are, and you're addressing everything as it comes and it says, "Come at me, right?" Because you ain't going to break this exactly. And the the one moment we do see her break down as she's talking about this, and then she just you know she kind of almost slaps her tears away, right? Yeah. And she's like, "All right, am I a real wife now?" And I thought that was so interesting. I was like. Look at her, and people were trying to tear her down after all she's been through. She um, did. She did. And then another part, media. So after this murder, so Kunan probably stayed, as we said, in the house a few more days, grabs his car, and is off to his other adventures. Yeah. Um, and The car phone's being tracked. The car the phone is being tracked. So this is great, because obviously we don't have car phones anymore. No. Well, there might be some left around, but like as of us... <laughs> I got my phone, and I ain't going nowhere else without. Um, but that's that was like high tech technology at that point. Yeah, those were know. like rich people cars. Yes, and they were pinging the phone, and just think, and it's really sad to say, because I mean we are considered media. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so viewers, yes, we're acknowledging, yes, we're, we're media, um, but. If the media would have never got a hold of the fact that the police were tracking the car phone, Versace might still be alive. Right. It's crazy. And you had mentioned also, it's a, they're telling this story, and Ricky Martin was saying that there's so many things that happened that could have avoided this, these murders. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's crazy how just the media is able... I was screaming at the TV. You saw me, right? I was like, <laughs> stupid. How can people be so stupid to, to run this story? How can you think, oh, this is a great thing we should share, right? Because yeah. he's going to hear it, and he does hear it, and then yeah. he's whacking the phone, he's getting rid of the car, and on to the next. And then that doesn't work anymore. It made me think that, you know when there's a murder, and if you uh, hinder, is that the word? Yeah, if you mess up, you, if you hinder with the inv- investigation, you, you, you can get prosecuted right Mm -hmm. so i don't really i feel like there should be something for the media outlets right where you can't if you had you putting out a story that can you know um make that it doesn't help an investigation not a good thing and then you should be prosecuted for it there there is a fine line free uh free press this yeah it gets really interesting because yeah, I'm not. I don't mean to interrupt, Ross, but yeah, yeah exactly. I was just gonna say, like, you know, you think of like the WikiLeaks stuff. Like, should Julian Assange be prosecuted? Or I don't know if you guys have seen the post yet, mm-hmm. um, but that's what that whole movie's about: is is running the Pentagon Papers actually compromising American security in Vietnam? So yeah, but what I'm saying is, it's an ongoing murder investigation. Yeah, there should be a law that says you're not allowed to put facts that are going to hinder 
this ongoing investigation. Yeah. It's different if you're putting out like a scandal or if you're figuring, you know, you're trying to expose someone. You're literally telling someone, hey, we know that they're tracking him by this means. I could understand. I can understand where you're coming from because it would make more sense for there to be almost uh, a cap right. on things. So, for instance, for this situation, yes, you can report the fact that they're tracking the car phone after the man's been caught. Thank you. So, or like immediately, you can you can follow one step behind, kind of thing. Exactly. As so long as they're tracking him, hurt. tracking him, tracking him. Then he abandoned the car. Like, well, they were tracking his phone through ping locations, through the car phone itself. Exactly. Now they're unaware of his whereabouts. Exactly. That can make sense. But, I mean, people have fought day and night to have freedom of the press because they feel like it's knowledge that people should have. But that doesn't help anyone. And I think they should... I don't know. I think there should be some kind of way to measure that. It does, the but courts, it doesn't. The courts decide. Like, if it compromises prosecution... Or it compromises national security. Yep. But that's such an intangible... You know, it's one of those things where the press can get away with so much. Yes. yes. And I, in general, I'm kind of a free press person. So, But I, I know exactly what I'm you're saying. I'm a really free press person, but I just... <laughs> I, this yeah. doesn't... I'm sorry. This doesn't fall under free press for me. Exactly. But, I agree. But yeah. think about it. Because, it, like I said, there is a fine line. And other people are in danger as well. Right, not just Versace. I think our mind tends to go to strictly Versace, but other people were in danger at the time. So if they can tell people, hey, Andrew Kunanen is traveling from, or the murderer of this person is traveling from New York to Florida, somewhere in between that path. Obviously, people in California don't have to be worried about that because he's going to be between the path of New York and Florida. Yeah, but it's still so broad. I'm sorry. Like- it is. But, what are you going to do? Just like, okay, everybody go to California for a bit till we get this guy? Well, no, but they if they were announcing ping locations, like he was pinged in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. It's like, oh, shoot, he's in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Like, I should probably yeah. keep my eyes open. No, because that's not your job. No, but as a human being, I, I want to stay alive. Yeah, but no, but the thing <laughs> is that I, I want to live in a world where you can trust in government and you can trust in authorities to... Kind of just that's their job and that's to handle them. There's a reason why certain information we shouldn't have until after the fact Mm -hmm. because it doesn't help the cause at all. Right. What did it help? It just made people more stressed to figure out, oh, wow, he's heading towards our state. Yeah. Does that make you feel more at ease? No, it doesn't. Does that no, make you change your routine? No, but I'll make sure routine? my windows are locked. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Well, they should be locked regardless, and that's a different p- thing. But... I'm the kind of person that likes to sleep with my window open. <laughs> well, you know what? If you're not trying to get murdered, <laughs> if we've learned anything. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm a penny pincher, and... And I'm not cheap. By any means, am I not cheap? But I do like to save money when I can. So if I can sleep with the window open and get a nice breeze instead of having the air conditioner on, I'd rather do that. Get thinner sheets, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, people in the chat, please tell us if you your thoughts on this. Am I wrong? Am I right? Am I? Do I have a completely European view? Or I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Anyways, so. That's after we see him bash this this phone, he goes on to the second murder of the episode, mm-hmm. um, which we actually this kind of ends where the first episode picked off um, with this with this car. He follows this man into this house. What were your thoughts? Was he, did you think, oh, he's just going to get the car? My first thought that came to mind, if I'm being completely honest, uh-huh. was that this is exactly how every 
not every paparazzi, but a lot of paparazzis work. They hide their cameras like he was hiding the gun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as a celebrity comes out or someone that's a breaking story, they like switch their backpack around to the front and they whip out their cameras like snap, 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 snap. And that's exactly what I seen going on with him because he, right. he made a very calculated move like, okay, this comes person, now it's time to get him. Right. Which at first he was going to get the old lady, but then the husband walked out and then he seen the truck driver which was the cemetery worker, and he went back right. to the um, the home office space that they had set up. Right. Which I, w- I was going to say, I wonder good. if they tried to shoot it that way to, again, comment on media. Like, right. to create an, like a um, parallel image of a paparazzo. Right. I think see, so. Yeah. I think so, and I think a lot of this is, you know, American crime story, and it's all about, right, the power of media and just, like, how all the darkness that could come from it, you Mm -hmm. know? And it's that everybody, it's it's kind of what we saw with the first episode in the magazine in the blood, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody wants a piece of Versace. Everybody wants a piece of something, and it's very detrimental, right? It is, and it it makes me think about those times where people – or celebrities or any kind of limelight person releases a statement saying, if I can please have my privacy. Right. There is there is a certain line where you just should just never cross Mm-mm. because everyone goes through things differently. And I'm sure... We're all human beings yes. at the end of the day. I don't care if you're freaking Kim Kardashian, Barack Obama, or their girl next door. You're a freaking human being. We all yeah. have the exact same emotions. Yeah. We really do. Um, no, but- we don't. As celebrities are inhumane. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we, we do tend to forget about the, the fact yeah, that we do. people on a pedestal are definitely just as human as we are. When you're sitting on your hands and knees, or just your knees, <laughs> and there's a gun in the back of your head, we're kind of all the same person, yeah, right? Definitely. What you think was was that guy thinking? He was trying to argue his way out of not getting he killed. Was thinking family, why? Probably family. Why am I dying now? I have so much to live, so much to see. I was reading, um, I was reading about the cemetery worker, and I believe the last name was Jordan, if I'm not mistaken. I tried to do it real quick because I was looking it up at the same time we were watching, but yeah. um, I believe the child was two years old at the time of the yeah, his little kid. Uh-huh. And he was like, I really wouldn't. Much. And he was so calm too. And he goes, I would really appreciate to see them grow. And like he was so. Well, <sighs> sometimes. Sometimes, and I, I know this because my mother was uh, in an armed robbery. She was she was robbed at, at gunpoint when she was pregnant of myself, wow. and she told me the story. But sometimes, and she's been robbed three times, but well, uh-huh. the company's liquidated now, and I know about it. But she said every single time I've talked to the person calmly and gave them whatever they wanted mm-hmm. and followed their demands, I was fine. One time she said the lady, this is totally getting outside. One time she said a lady was like crying hysterically on the floor and he said, you shut her up. So my mom just jumped on her and said, you shut up. Oh my <laughs> but gosh. You, you try to do what you can to survive in those situations. And I think right. when it comes down to this poor person and the cemetery worker, he, he was just trying to reason with them like, you can have whatever you want. You really right. can. Just please let me go. And I think you're right. It's a, it, because I think most people's first instinct is to panic. Mm-hmm. And to see someone so calm, in a way, they're taking back the power of the man behind holding the gun. Yeah. So, yeah, I, think, I thought that was really interesting. But unfortunately, it did not work. And especially because in today's times, we're told if someone has a gun out to pull by all means anything that you can to destroy this person right. and to destroy the gun when... In so many cases, it's actually worked in the opposite way, where it's like, all right, dude, but, you know, now we're in the day and age of active shooters, right. which is very unfortunate as well. But this was definitely, 
a scene or definitely an episode that pulled a lot of questions for mm-hmm. me, which is why I was doing a lot of research, and I know you were too, and definitely allowed me to see inside more of Andrew Cunanan's for sure mind. Yeah, because at sometimes he cared, sometimes he didn't. Right. He it's like an on and off switch. Mm-hmm. He has so many different personality traits and he can just kind of pick and choose depending on his mood yeah. shut off emotions uh, turn emotions on and be what seems to be his authentic self and yeah he's just so complex and I really kudos to um, this actor Jeff remind me his name it's Darren Chris. yeah Darren we're talking Chris. about a lot of people mentioned yeah. it in the comments just how yes. sensational his performance is and I gotta say as I expected all of the performances on this show are just top notch production really? design performance yeah. I mean, like, this is some of the best TV out it there. It really is. It Even is. the score, and we talked about it last episode, they had us dancing. This one was a little bit more intense, so, so less, intense. less you dancing. You pointed that out when we were watching. Right, yeah. but it's still like the whatever you would want to call them. You can just feel the Emmy nominations now. I really, really hope so. This show really deserves it, and I'm so happy to be on this panel with you and with you, Jeff, our little voice. And this is, yeah, a good reminder to you, everybody, please come on. Like, we love Afterbus and we know you do too so give us a few stars if you like this show go check out last year's um, American Crime Story the OJ Simpson story the people versus OJ the yeah. people versus OJ uh, there's so much on this channel so um, I always to have, like to have you guys join in do you want to talk about something else or should we hit into predictions we can into predictions the only thing we haven't talked about is well we kind of have but Wait. that last scene on the home shopping oh we're yes oh we're my gosh I'm so thankful Maryland you said that that, that was the best part and I almost forgot that's alright <laughs> that's talk. how we have a little voice Jeff you got a little voice in your ear do you feel like her co-host brought this out of left field like no. I'm just going to bring it up, or that no. they talked about it beforehand, and she's like, I'm going to address with our viewers that your husband was brutally murdered. I felt like the verbiage on this was very... little intense. Intense, yeah. Well, I mean, intense subject, but no, definitely talked about it. Like, I don't care if this was something that's happening now, or if, you know, way back when. Um, you don't just come... You, you're not just this person, this... Um, brand and go on television after this huge thing is on the newspaper just kind of go on and just sell your product. Mm-hmm. You're not going to sell any product. The HSM is going to look like shit. Like, of course they talked about it and I'm, I swear there must have been a lot of lawyers involved. They, I hope so. I, I was just thinking to myself, which, who, which celebrities do we know in today's time have had to deal with something like this? Right. And, I mean, it, this is... Not to not to discredit or you know to take away from it at all, but the first person that came to my mind was Juliana Ratzik when she had to announce to everyone watching E that she had breast cancer. Yeah. So there was that one that came to my mind, and then you know what's coming to my sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Because um, I was trying to think like who who's had to address um, such a severe situation. What's her like name? This. Leah Michelle when her boyfriend died of an overdose, who was on Glee with uh, Darren Chris. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had it's to Corey Monty. Corey Monty. Uh, she had to go to, I think it was the Teen Choice Awards, yeah, shortly after, and she had to uh, accept a, uh, an award for him, like, that's within beyond. a week or so, and she, had, yeah, that's what I come to mind, and she was, she was, her voice was shaking, and she was, you know, had to do that presence, and I'm sure her speech must have been approved, she has to go talk to a bunch of people, yeah. like, it's a moment for television, this is HSN, and they're trying to sell stuff yeah you no know matter, what though yeah. i fe- i'm don't mean to interrupt jules i just felt like it was empowering like i felt like it really like was it you me- i think it was you who mentioned the parallel with donatella right after yeah. we see and this show what i love is for every like 
for every moment of Kunan's horror, we see some woman stepping up and just right. kind of taking the reins and being, you know, I mean, Ryan Murphy loves powerful women. You said that last episode, yes, that he just portrays them so well and just, just yeah, go for powerful women in the show. I really, really enjoy it. Well, I, this was just, this is just, I'm speechless. This is great because if you really think about it, some people think acting is just so easy and you're just a pretty face and you just you accept all the money and the awards. But right. you think about these situations. She had to go on HSN after her husband was murdered. Right. Her best friend. Humiliated. Her best friend in the whole yes, world. of 38 years. It's crazy. And she had to go up and continue because what right. else do you do if you're a lawyer and your husband or wife is murdered you go back to being a lawyer right and also people don't grief follows you wherever you go mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. wherever you go grief is going to follow you so you know i think it's you should never judge someone on what they do when they're grieving like oh, she went to work way too early she hasn't gone back to work yet she should know yeah. you know what i mean so it's just to each their own um i thought that was a really beautiful speech she's being emotional she's showing a little tears Again, I was kind of wondering if that was for the cameras, just because I'm not questioning the fact that she's sad. Mm-hmm. I'm just more so questioning the fact because of the other scene where she doesn't she doesn't want to show that emotion to other people because yeah. it doesn't belong to other people. Yeah, and people are making this story their own, but it doesn't belong to them. So I thought that was really cute. Um, what do you think about the little the light in the camera? I was gonna say because I know you wrote that down, right? Yeah. So I was gonna say, go ahead and quote that. Um, the only the, I quoted the fact that they were a team for thirty eight years. They were which a team for thirty eight years. Uh, so she said that when she first was about to do her first commercial, one of her friends who owns a network, she said, "Just breathe and look into that little little light that I see one right here too, um, and pretend it's the man you love." And like, oh god. Just pull on my heartstrings. It does. Because she just, that's one thing that she's just going to have to do for, that's one thing that she's, she had to do for the rest of her life. It like, is. But it's also in a way, it was just so heartwarming because it just, no matter what he, you know, and they expressed this in this episode, he built her. He built yeah. her brand. He built her. They were such a great partnership. And now she's going to have, she has to keep moving on. She's like Donatella. She has to keep working. And yeah. You know what? Every time she looks into that light, it's just a reminder that he's still with her. And that's what, yeah, I'm saying that's a way of staying yeah. together and sane. Um, what do you think is to come next week? So let's go to a quick, <laughs> <laughs> quick predictions. Yes. Ooh, yeah. Okay, so um, I'm going to let you go first because I got a glimpse of the predictions. Ooh, of the, not that's predictions. What I was, that's what I was going to get more drinks. More Dang drinks. It. You know what? I'm sure those drinks were worth it. So, what do you think you're going to see? I am hoping to see. I really want Kunana to be exposed for right. what he is. He's doing all this exposure of everyone and everything yeah. that he's been encountering. Mm-hmm. And I really want him to, because we tend to forget about his family life and what he really is, mm-hmm. because we're so focused on everyone else that he's affecting. I want to see what affected him to make him who how, he is. Exactly. And how he's been humiliated to the point where he wants to bring out other people's insecurities right. and dark secrets. Right. Um, that's my prediction. I think that's a great <laughs> prediction. I think you're right. You know you're right. <laughs> yeah, just so you guys know, Russ and I haven't watched the next week on. Yeah. What's interesting about a show like this or any kind of serialized show is we don't necessarily know what's coming next, especially right. because chronologically we're going back in time. We are. So yes. it's like with most shows, when you're going forward in time, you can say, well, this happened, this happened, therefore we can expect. Right. Whereas in this case, it's hard to know what's coming next because everything – 
is brand it's brand new. Yeah, you know? everything and is brand new. And even within certain episodes as we've seen, they go back and forth and they're right. just kind of jumping around in time. So yes, but I think it's something we all are kind of excited to see. It's just like, keep peeling back the, that onion and seeing who this character is, how has he become to become who he is and make the decisions that led him to kill one of the biggest like fashion creators that we've known to this generation. So yeah, yeah a lot of exciting stuff. Uh, in the meantime, Jeff Graham, where can they follow you on social media? Oh, thank you, Jules. Guys, my yeah. name is Jeff. If you want to find me online, you can do so at Jeffrey C. Graham. I host a couple other shows here, namely one that Juliet co-produces with me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called The Unproduced Table Read. It airs on our sister network of The Popcorn Talk, and we read unproduced award-winning pilots and features with professional actors and interview the writers, and it's very cool, and it's on Fridays at 10 a.m. It is really, really cool if you're just driving around instead of, like, you know, save a few bucks. Don't go to the movies. Listen to these great actors breaking it down. It's really, really neat. Thank you, Jules. <laughs> uh, Russ, where can they find you? You guys can find me all over social media at Russell Ray Silva, Snapchat at Russell Raymond, or RussellRaySilva.com. Cool, cool. And you can follow me on Instagram at Bonjour Juliet. That is hello in French. And Juliet is my name if you haven't gotten that yet. Now you do. <laughs> All right, looking forward to seeing you guys next week. Bye. Bye, guys. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 